So, see here. No, I've got it here. It's just at the back now. So an intensive, intensive is that which intensifies or emphasizes requiring to a high degree, highly concentrating, tending to strengthen and increase. I was just speaking to, um, to Matt now, and he was just saying to me that the way in which he's listening now and receiving the messages, he's finding that this whole weekend's messages and everything that we've done here in sound and song has just come together in him and he's full So the way we listen and the way we receive the word of God, when, we, when our intellect is shut down and we're not looking at ourselves every time a message comes, but we're allowing spirit and life to come to spirit instead of spirit and life transmission words coming to intellect. <laughs> it's a big difference. Right, it's a big difference. Involving a lot of work and activity done in a short time. Complete and extremely detailed and done with a lot of care. God in these messages have gone to a, has gone to a lot of care in downloading them to me since Pastor John left for America. He went to a, went to a lot of care in these things he wants to bring to us. Intensive is activity involving concentrating a lot of people on one particular task in order to achieve a great deal in a short time. Intensive comes from the verb intend, which means to direct one's attention to, pay attention, give heed, listen. It's principally to hear. Strain in quest of something. So what we're doing with our spirit man, we are stretching to, towards receiving and we've got our receivers right because the transmission is perfect. So, but our receivers are becoming in much better condition. And so a receiver, okay, um, I don't, I don't want to stay there, but a receiver, you can check your receivers anytime and check your source. It's how am I receiving into me? Is my source my intellect? Check your source. Because of your source, the transmission is coming and your receiver is faulty. If the source of it is in your head, then, how, then not much is going to stick in your spirit, right? So having a high concentration of a specified quality or element, right. So to, I'm going to start immediately now. Let's pray. Father, thank you for a wonderful meal. Thank you, Father, for a wonderful time that we've had with you in a highly concentrated form. Lord, all of us have experienced this for the first time. All of us, Lord. Because most of us have, are listening and the way we're listening is changed. Oh, Lord, we no longer have the burden of self-evaluation. We no longer have the burden of checking the word, always comparing it to our own condition. That burden you have lifted from off us. 
Hallelujah. And we've come into a greater spiritual condition, Lord, to where your spirit and life words can become engrafted quite quickly, Lord. Oh, we thank you for that, that today we listen like this again. And so, we looked at where we are now. I'm going to just recap on these points. The intensive has begun. It's still on this afternoon. The point was, I will build, planted. Another point, how are you receiving his messages? Right? The other point was, where are we now, this particular church? Nehemiah. Chapter 8, right. And then a point, joy of the Lord, teach. Wow, concentrated, right? Point, prayer, teach. Joyful in my house of prayer. The authority to pray. All those beautiful scriptures to prevail, right? And now we come to the point of abiding and the question here that the Lord wants me to speak about is abiding how are you abiding how are you abiding because the Lord says in his scripture and I, I, I haven't given it to the back here, but John 14 is very beautiful. Ah, oh, there's my scriptures in there. Right. John 14. And this, you are going to see what you've never seen before. You are going to hear what you've never heard before. And it's, things are going to enter your heart that God has prepared for all of you who love him. In John 15, Jesus says, I am the true vine. He gives us that beautiful picture of him being the vine. And my father is the husbandman. And every branch in me, so the Father, so here Jesus is the vine, and the Father is there watching over the vine. He's watching out over the vine. Jesus is the vine, and he's saying, every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. So, can you see the power of verse 3 here? Now are you clean through the word that I've spoken unto you. It goes on to say to us, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in in me. If a man abide not in me, he's cast forth as a branch and is withered. This is not Jesus saying, I cast you, 
forth. Right. It's because there's no abiding that the branch is shriveled up. Shriveled up. He says, if a man, verse 6 again, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And they, they gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. You see how abiding and, ans- and God is saying to us, ask. If you abide in me, ask. Ask what you will. And it shall be done unto you. Verse 8. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. So that's a very powerful here. Um, I know that I, I gave quite an extensive teaching on abiding. Um, I think it's that scripture where it says, I go to prepare a, how, a house for you. I go to prepare a place for you. Where is that John what? Right? John 14. So this is important. John 14. Pardon? In my father's house are many mansions. I will say this to you of a truth. That this word here that Jesus used abide. He uses In John 16, uh, John 15, abide. Abide is the same word as mentioned in the Greek. So this word, um, this Greek word is very, very important. Can you remember what that word is? Sunel, may that Greek word for abide, M-O-N-E, right? So when Jesus says, in my father's house, um, John 14, 2, in my father's house, there are many monets. There are many monets. I go, if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. This is not a mansion. Your mansion in heaven. You did a thorough study on this, didn't you, Sunel? You just tell me if there's something you'd like to say about that, that the Lord showed me, showed you. Just do that, that you, that you're ready. Just do that, right. So what God says here, abide in me, he's saying, monet in me. So this place that Jesus went to prepare was an abiding place. It's got nothing to do with your mansion in heaven. Will he have that for us? Well, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't think that's going to matter much to us. 
We might stay in a mansion temporarily in heaven, but ultimately God's going to come to the new earth and the new heavens. We are going to live on earth for eternity with God. Scripture's very clear on that. But what he was saying is, I'm going to go, and when I go, I'm going to make a a monet, an abiding place for you. So that you can come to abide in me. I'm going to prepare it. What does that look like? It's the place that he has made for you and for me to be seated at the right hand of the Father with Jesus in the heavenly realm. It's a place, a spiritual place, that you and I are supposed to occupy. We're supposed to go there, to that abiding place with him, in him. Because that's the only way you and I can bear fruit is when we're abiding in the vine. Abiding in the vine to bring forth much fruit. What is that fruit? It's the fruit of the words that are abiding in you. It's the fruit that comes off the word of God into your life and glorifies the Father. And so we're going to have a look at a beautiful scripture now. Where are you? How are you abiding? Okay. It was a question the Lord. So now let's go to Isaiah 40, verse 28 to 31. Isaiah 40. This was a scripture impressed upon me to bring to you. Verse 31. We can go from verse 28, but I'm going to focus on verse 31. Verse, it's King James, Isaiah 40, from verse 28. Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, faints not, Neither is he weary, and there's no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint, and to them that has no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run their race and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. So the Lord wants us to have a good look at verse 31, just verse 31. Just keep it up there. But they that wait... This word wait is a Hebrew word, korvo, korvo. It's spelled Q-A-V-A-H, but it's pronounced korvo. This is what this word wait means. It means to bind together by twisting. 
It involves the very essence of the person's being, his spirit and soul and body. Renew, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew, means they shall exchange. So, they shall exchange strength. They shall renew strength. This word strength is a Hebrew word, koek, which means vigor, capacity, might, force, potency, capacity to endure. Mount up means to ascend, to rise up, shoot up, spring up, leap and come up and stir up, right? Wings is a, is, a, is a Hebrew word, abi, which means to fly, to soar, be strong and mighty, be brave and stout-hearted. And so, this is very powerful. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So, we're going to look at this word wait, Hebrew word kova. It means, I'm going to repeat it again, it means to twist and stretch, to bind together by twisting. It is a cord for binding, a cord to be strong. To twist, to cause to move, it comes from an old English word, twine. To weave, intertwine, plait, coil. Curl, wrap, W-R-A-P. So those that wait upon the Lord is very active. It's not passive. Wait means those that twist, stretch, bind themselves together with God. Those that Weave them themselves in with God, intertwine themselves with God. Plat. When the Lord showed me this scripture uh, 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 many years ago, and He gave me that picture that I'm plaited, like a plait. Is anybody wearing a plait today? You're wearing a plait. Won't you stand up, please, and turn around so we can all turn around? Oh, oh, don't you want to come here, Mariette, please? And just turn your back on the congregation so that they can see the picture of a plait. Just turn a little bit so they can see. Can you see? Can I see, Mariette? Oh! Oh! That's it. That's what God has said. Those who plait, intertwine, coil themselves with me, curl and wrap themselves in me, shall exchange their might. They'll mount up wings as eagles and they shall run and not be weary. 
and they shall walk and not faint. Hallelujah. So how are we abiding? Seeing, as Jesus said in John 14, I'm going to make a monet abiding place for you. I'm going to, I'm going now. I'm going right off the earth to make an abiding place for you, for you to come to any time. So the Holy Spirit came to indwell us. And that's who we abide in, him in us, and us in him. We are to be so intertwined and coiled and wrapped up with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who will make the Father God real to me in my intertwining with him. Who will make the Father so real to me. I will see Jesus, my Lord and Savior. And I will see my Father because the Holy Spirit and I are coiled up. We wrapped up. We are coiled in with him. And so my abiding place is with the Holy Spirit who's already abiding in me. It's a spirit realm place. It's a place where you and I personally can at any time move from the place of the second dimension into the place of the third dimension to be with the Holy Spirit and let him be with us. This is something that's caught. Are you catching this? Abiding is a very close thing that you have with the Lord. And you're worthy to have that with the Lord. He would love for us to be abiding in him. So how are you abiding? Can we look at Isaiah 40? Verse 28, please. Isaiah 40, verse 28. Have we already read this? Let's read it again. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Let's do it in the Amplified Bible. Let our eyes see it. Thank you. Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not faint or grow weary. There is no searching of his understanding. That doesn't mean to say you don't search for his understanding and you get it, you do. But his, his understanding is limitless of how much you can get from him, right, of understanding. He gives power to the faint and the weary. And to him who has no might, he increases strength, causing it to multiply and making it to abound. Let's keep going. Even youth shall faint or can faint and be weary. And, and young men shall feebly stumbling, stumble and Fall exhausted. The next verse. But those who wait 
for the Lord who expect and look for and hope in him shall change and renew their strength and power. They shall lift up their wings and mount up close to God as eagles. Right. So this is what the Lord gave me, my abiding. How are you abiding? Are you abiding in him in joy? And then he gave this to me. When we hear a message from Pastor Garth, have faith in God, and Abraham gave glory to God. It's not just merely words of saying, I give you glory. That's the starting point that he has. We're talking about God's maximum for you and I now in abiding. We cannot suppose that your abiding is all there is to what you're currently having and experiencing with him. He's saying, you want the maximum of abiding in the vine? I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. So he says, I'm going to read as he gave it to me. Giving glory starts with words. I give you glory. I give you glory. I give you glory. It starts with words. But the words are spirit and they are life. And Christ in me, expectation of experiencing that glory. The glory of God is his heavy, weighty presence, his heavy, weighty goodness. It's heavy. His glory is for you to experience his glory. For you to experience his, his presence. That's the abiding place is for you to experience his presence, experience his power exchange. And for you to listen to all the goodness that he's speaking to you, coming to you in the glory, from the glory. That scripture where it says, Christ in me, the hope of glory, is if we, those words are so heavy, it means many other different translations say, Christ in me, my expectation of experiencing the glory. It's not just words. I give you glory. Where does that glory come from? The word of God says he's crowned us with glory and honor. So the glory and the honor that he's giving me, I give back to him and it's a life exchange flow. Like that song we sang this morning. You are the life. And to my soul, it's an actual spiritual experience that will strengthen you 
and keep you strong all the days of your life because you say, yes, I will, and I do abide in you. So Christ in me, my expectation of experiencing that glory, of me experiencing his presence within me, his mighty strengthening, his power in me, Christ in me, my expectation of experiencing his glory. So his presence within me and his power, his bright shining, his light, that's one of the meanings of glory is light, so much light, enlightenment, so much life, heavy. That's that transfer Pastor John was preaching about this, this morning. That trans, complete transfer of his life into me. So, his bright shining, his light beams from me to him. I'm giving him the glory that's in me. I am rejoicing with joy, unspeakable and full of glory. I'm rejoicing with joy, unspeakable and full of glory. So when I am rejoicing, it's, it's from the place of glory that he has already crowned me with. So I give him the glory that he's already placed within me. I do everything from the glory by the glory. Spirit of glory. Lord of glory. God of glory. Uh, Lord of glory. Father of glory. Glory is spiritual. It's a spiritual experience that God, a life flow from God to you makes you so strong. So strong in your faith walk, in your love walk. Just strong, right? So, it's his bright shining. How that's how I'm abiding. This is what I'm expecting. His bright shining, his light to beam from me to him when I give him glory, and his glory to me in me, and the life of God flows, and love flows, and light beams, and light streams, and the glory is a bright, heavy, tangible, live. Streaming. You know what I'm talking about. Many of you. It's when you're experiencing the glory. Now God is saying, it's where I want you to live. I want you to have a fullness of that. That's why I'm helping you, the Lord says, to not be sad. And if you're going to be, not be sad for long. But encourage yourself in the Lord, in spirit yourself. Draw your strength from your union with him. That's the only way we're going to be strong is when we're in the abiding place and we're actually experiencing him with us and us with him. So the glory is tangible. I give it to him and he gives back to me. 
I'm eating, I'm drinking, this great exchange of life. I'm just here with him. I'm waiting on him. I'm here now to become coiled and intertwined with you, Lord. There's a download. I'm just here and here you are and here I am. In this moment right now, there's a download. An outpouring of his spirit to me, in me. Spirit, pure, pure spirit life flowing from the river of life is the Holy Spirit in me. This free-flowing, never-ending fountain of life, Zoe, eating constantly from this word Zoe. There's three words for life. It's suke, that's just anything that lives. Uh, but the, um, okay. But the, 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 the one type of life where you have a look and you look it up, the tree of life, it's Zoe. The tree of Zoe. I'm eating from the tree. I'm drinking from the vine. And I'm experiencing a pure life flow. So God has created you and I. To abide. He's created you and I to abide. Some of you are so hungry. You're so thirsty to experience this on a level. Because this is what transforms you. You have to be intentional to go to your abiding place. It cannot be that Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place in the realm of the Spirit with me. And you never take your place. And you never go there. You have to be intentional. This is my time where I'm intentionally going there. Jesus did it constantly. And so you can't be making excuses. You can't be... You can't, you have been freed. That prayer of prayer of choice. I receive the ability to now make no more substandard choices. I receive the ability to make choices now. Not even seeing any of my choices that I've made previously. Right? So here I am at the tree of life. It's a, it's a here and now outpour of pure life, pure love, pure exchange of strength. His might rises up in me right now, right here. And I'm here at the tree of life and I'm eating. And I'm here with the river of life and I'm drinking. And it's all pure. It's pure power. It's pure love. My abiding in the vine as a branch is to receive his spiritual, effervescent, pure, sparkling, flowing life. 
It's precisely what Pastor John was ministering on this morning. What was what were his exact words that he used? I'm going to have a full what? A full transmission. A what? Of life. A full transfer of life. And I'm staying. I'm staying eating from that tree of life. But it includes that we don't measure ourselves up. We don't compare ourselves among ourselves. We don't compare ourselves to ourselves. We just receive the life of God's word coming to us, coming into us, and working in us. So, my abiding in the vine as a branch is to receive his spiritual, effervescent, pure, sparkling, flowing Zoe. I don't come looking at myself, bringing my self-consciousness to him, being self-conscious with him. Not ever again. God is helping us get that thing right out of us. We are not self-conscious in his presence. The second Adam said, now you can be like the first Adam. They were not even conscious of each other's nakedness. That's why we're not even to see each other's nakedness. We're not to be conscious of our own nakedness. We're not to be conscious of others' nakedness. Otherwise, we will hide from God. And there will be a hiding and not an abiding. So how are you abiding? When you come to abide, you cannot come except with joy and looking and seeing only him. Does this help you? Right? God is helping us how to abide without any self-consciousness. So in the glory, that's where Adam and Eve were. They weren't even conscious of each other's nakedness. This is a beautiful thing. This is a thing that your spirit can catch this afternoon. Your spirit can catch. Your spirit can latch that there's a place of abiding and I'm not hiding. I'm not conscious of myself. All I see is him before me. And so, it says here, I'm not bringing my self-consciousness to him. That has been a great hindrance for many. That when they come to God to abide, immediately there's a, they allow the thing of the mental intellect and the soul to come here. I did this yesterday. 
I did this last night. I've got to now flagellate myself before I can experience his presence. When God says in Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, you come boldly to the, to, you enter boldly into that realm of the spirit. We're going to have a look at that scripture. I'm going to enter boldly because it's only by the blood that you can experience the glory. It's only by the blood. It's the fresh, new, and living way which Jesus has made for us. All right. We're going to go there. Let Scripture speak to your heart today. We're going to finish like this. I can see the Lord is very tender with us. Here it is. Hebrews 10, verse 19, from the King James. Ah, here it is. Let's go to verse verse 14. God really wants this to sink into us and rub it in. Verse 14, King James, for by one offering he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Wherefore the Holy Spirit also is his witness to us. After that he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them. After these days, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and in their minds will I write them and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of sin is, there's no more offering for sin. And the next word says, having therefore boldness. Having therefore boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil of his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart. That doesn't mean I'm just being real with you now, God. No, when the Lord said he, that now in this dispensation you will worship me in spirit and in truth. You come to him in spirit with the truth of God's word in your heart. This is not something that you have to try, try to abide. You don't have to try hard to abide. He's made the way open so that you can come to him on the basis of the truth that Jesus is, is, he's forgiven us all of our iniquities and our sins. So I can draw near verse 22 with a true heart, with a heart full of truth. Because sometimes you think, you and I think we're coming with this true heart and we must cry with him and let him see our tears of how bad we've been and actually he's saying come right in come right in you want to draw near to me my child it's not about your sin come right in 
Wow. It's the very thing you have to do. Especially if you've missed it and missed it and missed it and missed it. It doesn't matter that you missed it and missed it and missed it. That's especially when you have to run to him. You run to him. You meet him with joy. Because for me to acknowledge my sin and confess it and to receive cleansing from it is not God saying you've got to flagellate yourself for a certain period of time before you can experience me. Before you can experience my presence and my goodness. You just come right in. You just come right in, draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. That's the blood that does that. That gives you the right to abide and not hide from him. Because you've fallen from a standard. God is really encouraging us for this, right? And then in verse 23, he says, hold fast your profession of faith. So when you come to him, prayer is also profession, declaration, speaking God's word. Hallelujah. You know, God wants you to have when you've made that correction and an adjustment in your heart, he wants you to be to make it quick and be joyful quick. That's God's way. That's God's way. So, when I abide, I'm not bringing my self-consciousness to him. I'm not bringing my self-consciousness being with him. I'm not hiding. I'm not covering. I'm coming, receiving the life flowing from him to me. Having my heart sprinkled from an evil conscience. I bring my spirit to him to meet spirit to spirit. In the life, the light, the love, he's speaking, I'm clean. Didn't we read that just now? You are already clean by the word I've spoken to you. You are already clean by the word you're speaking to me and believing. Right? In this no self, just spirit, I'm at the tree of life, eating. I'm in the river of life, drinking. It's all the Holy Spirit. It's my new level of abiding that he's lifted me up into. Living bread, living water, living tree of life, living love, shed abroad in my heart, flowing, spilling, it's ever living, ever flowing. He is to be experienced love in my personal abiding and then in the church amongst us. Glory to God. Isn't that beautiful? 
right. Let me see what I've got here, what else I brought with me. So, is there something you'd like to share about abiding? Do you have an unction? No pressure, my darling. Okay, we'll leave that then. Is there anybody here of the my exchanges? I'm just very honorable of the word that it's, 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 it's resounding in me that Pastor John, by the Spirit of God, said that the young people will teach us. Is there an unction for speaking of abiding? I'll just give a moment. Just show me. Is this good? Right. Hallelujah. So now we're going to move on the very next on to the very next point. This is our last point. And this is the pinnacle. God's pinnacle is Pentecost. Man fell. God judged all sin in Jesus. Jesus said, I've got to go and prepare a place for you. And I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. That was God, the Father, and Jesus' pinnacle. There is nothing more maximum than what God gave us on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came from heaven to earth. He came from heaven to earth to indwell men and women. And I'm going to go to the book of Acts. You don't have to put any of these scriptures up. I'm just going to read about the day of Pentecost, God's pinnacle. Of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments unto the apostles. See, Jesus could do nothing on earth until he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Till the Holy Spirit and the power of God, the Holy Spirit came upon him. And to whom also Jesus showed himself alive after his passion, by many infallible proofs being seen of them forty days, speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from here. Verse 8, but you shall receive power. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. Both in Jerusalem, at home base, local church. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld him, he was taken up and a cloud received him, him out of their sight. They all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. Verse chapter 2 says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. 
and there appeared, appeared unto them cloven, that word tongues is languages. In the Greek, it's languages. Cloven languages like fire. Languages as of fire. And it's set, one translation says, it's settled on everyone. So a language settled on 120. This language on you. The languages of fire settled upon each one. There appeared unto them cloven tongues, languages like as of fire, and it's settled and sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. For these are not drunk as you suppose, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel and shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. We had a marvelous demonstration of that. A taste of that on Friday night. The spirit of God. So upon young men, young women prophesying. This is us pressing for the maximum God's pinnacle of Pentecost. So. I'm just going to read scriptures here that I've underlined to keep me mindful that everything is about the Holy Spirit. So just stay with me and listen. This is all in the book of Acts. You see how active the Holy Spirit was. Immediately he came from heaven. He was very active in the hearts of men and women. Young men, young women, Mature men, mature women, children. He was very active. The Holy Spirit, very active in the hearts where he came. The Bible says he came to our hearts. The Holy Spirit who sheds his love abroad in my heart, in my spirit man. And so it says here, and Peter filled with the Holy Ghost said, Right. Who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them. Only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. They received the Holy Spirit. That you might be filled, receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. The Spirit said unto Philip. While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit 
spoke unto him. I'm reading this so that you can see how active he was after he came. And the father longs to walk again amidst, amidst his people. By the Holy Spirit, he longs for us to make the Holy Spirit welcome with a jealous love in our hearts to allow him to be active in us, to be speaking to us, for him to be hearing us. I mean, for us to be hearing him. God's pinnacle, God's pinnacle happened on the day of Pentecost, right? So, while Peter spoke these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all of them which heard the word. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. We, they heard them speak with tongues and magnified God. Hmm. Okay. If, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no further greater burden upon you. The Holy Spirit. And when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. This is all throughout the book. And he said unto them, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be a Holy Spirit. And Paul laid his hands upon them and the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So this is the dispensation of the Spirit of God, people. This is the time where the Holy Spirit, the Bible is quite clear. He doesn't speak of his own accord. He's just like Jesus when Jesus was on earth. Jesus said, I only say what I hear my father say. I only do what I see my father do. And there's a scripture that says the Holy Spirit does not speak of his own accord. But that which he is bidden to speak, he speaks. Who bids him? The father, Jesus, the head of the church. And so I'm going to go to a scripture now. Jude 20 and 21. But you, beloved, King James, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourself in the love of God. It's a comma over Holy Spirit there. Praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping, keeping yourselves, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Right, so building yourselves on epoikodomeo, on top of your building. The word describes the enlarging of a house as well as all that is entailed in the building process. To increase the size, that's what building yourself means, to increase the size of your house, your house, your temple, your spirit life, right? It speaks of one building who proceeds with a plan. Do you see how intentional this is for you to close the gap between yourself and the Holy Spirit? 
your life with the Holy Spirit and in the Holy Spirit, who will not ever speak anything to you except what he hears the Father say. Say this to this one now. Say this. Do this in this one now. Very, very personal. But then also very corporate, right? So what here the inspired writer is saying, beloved, a great foundation of the faith has been laid down. Laid now. Build your life on top of it, on top of your most holy faith. The teachings that have been given you with no ulterior motives, the most holy faith is what you can build your life on top of. Beloved, he's saying here, you must intentionally do all you can to focus on building and further expanding your spiritual lives on top of the foundation of your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. We must just keep those words up there, the words that I'm speaking from that verse. Praying in the Holy Ghost. In, praying means come close and draw near to the Lord. In means located inside and it gives the impression of the one who is praying the realm in the realm and control of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14.4, we're just going to quickly switch to that. He that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. The word edify is an architectural term meaning to enlarge a house. I know I'm repeating myself, but you, we've got to get this. It depicts the careful following of an architectural plan to enlarge, increase, amplify, edify, leave in an improved condition. So here's what we find from the scripture. When we pray in the Holy Ghost, we expand our spiritual capacity. When we pray in tongues, we expand our spiritual capacity. Maybe you begin in one capacity, but when you pray in tongues, you begin to expand your capacity, enabling you to receive more and more and more and more. It's like a family who lives in a house and they're content to live in that house. But finally they realize they need more room and space. So they begin to push their walls out. They begin to amplify their house so that they can make more space. So Paul is saying that when we pray in the Holy Spirit, we literally begin to push out our spiritual walls. There is nothing that your flesh and your mind will fight and resist more than these scriptures. For you to be someone who is praying in the Holy Spirit does not want you enlarging your spiritual capacity. He wants you to stay at your current capacity. But God is saying there's a max, maximum. Pen, Pentecost was my pinnacle. There's a maximum you can have with the Holy Spirit. In fact, if it's not by His Spirit, then it's by 
our own might. Everything that is not by his spirit is our own might. Right. Those who wait upon the Lord shall receive the strength from the Lord. And so, now Paul is saying that when we pray in the Holy Spirit, we literally begin to push out our spiritual walls so that our spiritual interior becomes bigger. So that our spiritual interior becomes bigger. Bigger and bigger and we can receive more and more. And Paul wrote more of the New Testament and had more revelation. And he stated, I pray in tongues more than you all. He prayed in tongues until he expanded those spiritual interiors. He pushed those walls out again and again. Right? He pushed those walls out again and again and again and again, making room for more revelation until finally, spiritually, internally, he could hold a lot. And you need to hold revelation. You need to be able to contain revelation and not just let revelation come and go. So he could hold a lot, Apostle Paul. He could walk in a lot. He just didn't just withhold. He didn't just have the capacity to hold revelation. But the reason for holding the more revelation is so that it stays and it works in you so that you can walk it. Say yes, Lord. And in the same way, when you pray in tongues and amplify yourself, edify yourself, you expand yourself so you can hold more power and more divine revelations. It's one of the benefits of praying in tongues. So I'm going to say again, beloved, you must be intentional to do all you can to focus on building and further expanding your spiritual lives on top of the foundation of your most holy faith and be constantly drawing near as you pray in the realm and in the sphere of the Holy Spirit. Say, yes, Lord. So first of all, it expands our spiritual capacity. It helps us to build our lives on top of the most holy faith. And now, here it is. Keeping yourselves in the love of God. Keeping, it's a very present tense thing there. Keeping yourselves in the love of God. It's another translation I'm speaking here now. Keeping yourselves in the love of God. Now we find that when we pray in tongues, it helps keep us in the love of God. To keep here is a word, Greek word, tereo. And it depicts the uninterrupted vigilance of soldiers 
who were positioned to protect something of great importance. It depicted soldiers charged to stand guard who knew they were to be faithful and to remain committed to their charge, regardless of assaults or the number of attackers they might encounter. And here we find, when you pray in the Holy Ghost, it helps you to guard what has been placed inside you. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, you are building parameters around that divine deposit that God has deposited inside of you. Glory to God. Say, yes, Lord. So it helps keep you in the love of God. That word in is inside. Inside. It gives the impression of one who is praying in the realm of this Holy Spirit which keeps us in the love of God. It helps to be kept inside the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. This word looking for, it means to take something very readily and without hesitation. So when you're enlarging your spiritual capacity, it enables you to take hold of spiritual things without hesitation. Without hesitation and reservation. So now, when we pray in the Holy Ghost, it expands our spiritual capacity. It keeps us, it protects us, it builds a hedge of protection around us, it keeps us in the indescribable, inexpressible love of God that we need to know for ourselves in order to walk in love with others. It enables us to reach out by faith without hesitation or reservation to lay hold of the mercy of God. That mercy of God, I come boldly to your throne of grace that I may obtain mercy and find grace to help me with anything I'm dealing with right now. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Say yes, Lord. Hallelujah. So not only does it keep me in the love of God, but it enables me to access his mercy. Praying in the Holy Ghost enables me to access his mercy, enables me to take spiritual things without reservation or hesitation. The Holy Spirit came to fill all men and give them their heavenly, powerful tongue. The Weist translation it says when they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, it talks about they spoke in an elevated, dignified. It's an, the Weist Bible says that praying in tongues, speaking to God, you are not speaking to man. You're speaking to God when you're abiding with him in the vine. And your spirit is speaking to him. You're not speaking to man. It says, you have dignified, elevated discourse with God. And he understands 
instantly what your spirit is saying to him. This is a means of divine communication that God has given us that shall be flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing and going every day, all the days of your life, speaking to the Father God. Right? His life flow to us. I'm speaking to him. Then many times then he speaks to you in that life exchange. It's a language of life. It's a language of light. God's giving you a love language to speak to him. It says in 1 Corinthians 14, he that gives thanks to God in a tongue, gives thanks nobly and well. You do it well. You do so well. So I'm going to read it again. When we pray in the Holy Spirit or with the Holy Spirit, it expands our spiritual capacity, pushes out the walls of our spirit. It keeps us and protects us. It builds a hedge of protection around us. It keeps us in the indescribable, inexpressible love of God that we need to know for ourselves in order to walk in love with others. And it enables us to reach out by faith for all his promises, for all his word, without hesitation or reservation to lay hold of the mercy of God that is standing by right now for me. It's ready now it's, and is ready to reach out to me, his mercy, and to rectify whatever it is that we're dealing with. But to also do many other things. It's not just to rectify. It's to come with answers for our lives. And when you pray in tongues, it enables you by faith to reach and apprehend the mercy of God which he wants and is extended towards us. Right. He that speaks in an unknown tongue, 1 Corinthians 14, 2, speaks not unto men but unto God. For no man understands him, howbeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries. He speaks mysteries and secrets to God. Hallelujah. Yeah. I'm done. We're done today. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'm done with my teaching part today. My point of Pentecost, God's pinnacle. I'm just going to give the Holy Spirit opportunity I grew up in a Pentecostal church, but my mom and dad never saw to it that I was baptized with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And it was when I was 24 years of age, I went to a certain convention. Kenneth Hagin was there. Other people were there in South Africa. And there was a call to come for whoever was ready to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You're already born again. He's already living in you. But there's a further infilling of the Holy Spirit so that you can have the power language, your love language, your light language. 
And the Spirit of God started inside of me when they made the call for someone to come who wanted to receive. And my heart started pounding. And I went to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And so if you are here today and your heart is pounding by the Holy Spirit, then you must come. Then you must come. Right? It is an opportunity today to take God at his word and for you to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit and receive the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Mm -hmm.